This is Design Loader, the podcast where we talk about life as Indian designers. I'm Sushi and I'm Angie. Our previous episode was an inspiring discussion about designing for kids and young adults. Yes, I was really intrigued by some of the research methods and tools that Maidili used to engage and create for her young learners. It's always cool to see how different designers come up with tools and methods that specifically support their design process. Yeah, it's kind of like every designer has their own custom toolkit. Mm-hmm. These tools could be physical, digital or even strategic. Uh so Sushi, what do you think qualifies as a tool, especially when it comes to design? Mm, I think anything that helps make the design process more efficient and effective. the tool could either aid the process or help present the solution and what do you think are the vital tools you would need uh, if you're just beginning in your design journey uh hipster glasses <laughs> yeah those are a must and we need to add that they need to be anti glare because uh, helpful when you're designing right uh this also brings me to the next one you need a computer uh, or a laptop or a desktop loaded with a bundle of software depending on what kind of design you do so this is something i keep thinking about on and off uh where would we be as designers if it weren't for computers i mean it's really amazing when you look at these older design documentaries uh, anytime before the 90s yeah. where no designer used computers they sketched and measured and made everything manually everything from some of the most iconic products like the eames's furniture to classic type such as helvetica yeah i mean haven't we all wished at some point to own a letterpress machine <laughs> or is it just me <laughs> there's something about working so closely with design elements and literally putting them together in a composition that <laughs> can engage yeah. you um you know what they say about thinking with your hands yeah i think that's one of the reasons that as design students we weren't immediately taught all these uh, software tools because maybe we would get caught up in its limitations yeah. instead we were taught rules like uh, gestalt principles and then encouraged to try test and break them yeah i agree and uh, even today there's nothing like a paper napkin and a ballpoint pen to capture mm. ideas and uh, maybe some playdough and or even lego blocks to create mockups uh, but software tools have really helped accelerate the process from idea to that uh, refined output um True. with a quick sketch or even uh, with legos uh, you tend to not fall in love with your creation because it's still in that sketchy zone and you can toss it out and start over yeah with the software tools we are more invested in the outcome and we're kind of driven mm-hmm. to make it look finished since these tools are meant yeah. to help with speed and refinement and that can be uh, a helpful thing especially yeah. in today's highly competitive climate right mm-hmm. like it's necessary for designers to be able to have a more organized workflow and those timely refined <laughs> deliverables to yeah. show um, our process which also allows for serial buttons by the client <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how we've intentionally brought disaster upon ourselves yeah. you know <laughs> i feel like what it means to be a designer has also really changed when i tell someone i design products people immediately ask 3ds max or rhino <laughs> as though that is the most central thing to being a designer 
Oh, yes. Uh, there are many cases where designers are defined by the tools that they use or maybe they even own, hmm. right? For example, I had a job interview where I was asked if I own an iPhone as though that would imply that I knew more about good design if I happen to own one. What? <laughs> True story. <laughs> That's crazy. I've also noticed that companies with lower budgets like to hire people who already own the tools they need to create or to test their products. Um, mm. Like a company that wants to develop iPhone apps might give priority to a designer who comes with a free iPhone, right? <laughs> Since they don't have an in-house test it. phone. <laughs> Freeloaders. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do see the point of using tools that help you get a better output, like how the Mac display is more dynamic and vibrant because of its sheer nature mm. uh, compared to any other laptop with similar specs. Yeah, and this can also backfire though because everything just looks amazing on the Mac. And then we like to think that our design looks this way all the time in all the devices, which isn't always the case. Yes, Mac old problems. <laughs> uh, now coming back to software tools, uh, many of the job descriptions we see these days go something like, wanted, graphic designer, skills, Adobe Photoshop, <laughs> Adobe Illustrator, Adobe InDesign. <laughs> I mean, it's really essential to know design software, but I think it's reached a point where the software has started to define the designer rather than the designer being able to define what can be done with the software. I feel that just like there are multi-million dollar corporations like Amazon, which has the monopoly when it comes to online shopping and Google is for all things internet, Adobe has become the company for all things designer, mm. creating this sort of cool club for designers who use it. And I feel it wouldn't be such a bother if it wasn't so expensive. If you're just starting out as a freelancer and you need to buy the subscription, it's a real pinch. I mean, it's a third of what your rent costs. And I'm talking about very small shack-like housing <laughs> to offset the Adobe costs. <laughs> Okay, Sushi, you've thought about this for a while. Mm -hmm. I can feel it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yes, until recently, it did feel like if you can't afford Adobe, can you even design to your potential? Mm. Uh, in UI design, it's good to see a variety of tools from different companies uh, like Sketch or uh, even more recently in Vision Studio. Uh, not to mention those ultimate collaboration and productivity <laughs> tools that crop up every other day. Hmm, that's good to know. I've noticed that even the uncool tools can be quite capable, like Microsoft PowerPoint has actually evolved to have a lot of presentation design features. Yeah. And, you know, I've even seen wireframes done on PowerPoint, believe it or not. And more recently, even on Excel, which was Whoa. crazy, but uh, quite interesting if you think about it. That sounds pretty amazing, actually. I have a friend who makes very basic illustrations on PowerPoint just using shape tools. Wow. Also, this reminds me of the guy who created uh, detailed illustrations on MS Paint. Yeah, those are amazing. Who would have even thought to try that? Yeah. So as it turns out, lack of Adobe is the mother of invention. <laughs> it goes to show, you know, that creativity and skill lies really in the hands of the creator and not in the tool. That's so true. Uh, although I feel that the tool can also have an influence on your personal style. For example, uh, my design sketches tend to have this cartoony look and feel to it, while most 
industrial designers have sketches which have a very sleek and shiny finish and this is thanks to tools like copic markers hmm. i've never had the opportunity to master copics and i got comfortable using micro tips with aquarels ah. and this was never an issue because my sketches still conveyed all the information hmm. uh, in fact i have sometimes got requests not to design but to simply sketch out existing products and user manuals uh, in this style wow it's interesting how with trial and error we find ways to use tools to bring out our unique style as artists or designers Uh, I really like the watercolor wash effect though I didn't quite enjoy the process of using watercolor as it was really unpredictable for my liking um so I found an interesting balance with watercolor brush pens uh that allow just the right amount of uh, control along with that wash feel that I was going for imposter because <laughs> it's not real watercolor <laughs> fake fake watercolor person <laughs> even in mass manufacturing you can usually look at a product and tell whether it has been injection molded or stamped or laser cut you know how laser cut pieces have those signature burnt edges which often makes for a nice aesthetic yeah do you think we sometimes get attached to certain styles and tools uh, and this makes us reluctant to explore new tools and what can be achieved with them yeah but also with new tools popping up on a daily basis it becomes tempting to try and hop onto the latest tool bandwagon mm. so knowing which tools to use how and why comes with a strong foundation built on the intangible design tools like human centered thinking communication and the ability to execute Yeah that's very well said sushi. Mm. Uh I found that sharpening those basic skills like say writing or even keen listening and observing can be powerful tools not just in the research phase but throughout the design process. Another useful tool if we can call it that is to pay attention to how things feel uh and not just how they look. Yeah, classic creative thinking, right? Switching mm. between big picture and zooming in to see the fine details. Yeah. So in the midst of all the perfectly aligned grids and guides we still need to trust our designers hunch that uh, tipping it a little just a little uh, <laughs> yeah just a little to the left might work better Hey listeners what's the craziest thing you've made with the most unexpected tools Which tool bandwagon are you planning to jump on next Tweet to us at designdota and tell us all about it You can find all the references and the complete transcript to this episode on our blog designdota.com In our next episode we get into the trenches with an industrial designer and talk about what it takes to put out a successful product Until then bye bye